Linda and I are thankful to be back in Olney at this dear church and thankful for our friendship with Brother Chad and, and um, the fellowship that we've shared. I bring you greetings from our church in Denton, Providence Chapel. And um, there are Christians east of here too. And so, you know, it's a challenging day we live in to believe the gospel and to be true Christians in our society. More and more, it's, it's going to get difficult. So our fellowship, our worship, our fellowship together, our strengthening one another, our supporting one another, will get more essential as the months and years move forward. So the message I have today, I hope, will be helpful to that end. Uh, I want to point your attention to the New Testament in two places, if you have a Bible to turn to. Um, put your finger in 1 Peter chapter 2, and we'll read it as the last passage, 1 Peter 2, and then go to the first reading, which will be Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11, verses 13 through 16, and then 1 Peter 2. Before we read, let's pray again. Just ask the Lord to speak to our hearts. Pray with me. Lord, it's only as You speak to us by Your Spirit that we will hear God's voice and God's Word. So we pray today You would speak, O Lord. In the stillness of this moment, speak, O Lord, as we come to You to receive the truth of Your Holy Word. We ask for the Holy Spirit to be upon the reading and the declaration of Your Word that You'd help us to speak and to hear and receive and to be transformed more today by the Holy Spirit as a believer. In the name and for the honor of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Hebrews eleven thirteen through 16. The writer says, These all died in faith. Meaning the Old Testament saints. He's mentioned Abel, he's mentioned Noah, Abraham, Sarah. In 13 he pauses and he says, These all died in faith. Not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and have acknowledged that they were, and here's the text, strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland, a heavenly home. For if they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared for them a city. Now notice the description of these believers in verse 14. They're described as strangers and exiles. Alright, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 
through 12. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, in order that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Verse 11, and notice again the same kind of language. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your souls. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. The words that both Hebrews 11 and 1 Peter 2 here have in common are the words sojourners, exiles, pilgrims, strangers. And they speak to the fact that the Christian, the true Christian, is not long for this world. We don't think about that much. Whenever I talk to my grandchildren about, you know, when you stand at my funeral, I don't get any further from that. They cut me off. And they say, Papa, I'm not going to talk about that. So, it's hard for us to think about the fact that we're moving out of this world. Those of you who have lived many decades, you know more what I'm talking about than these young'uns that are here. It's more real to us. But the Bible does teach that every Christian, every true Christian, is described as being a stranger, an alien, a foreigner in this world. So the Christian is on a pilgrimage lifelong. Now, you know, it's much different in in the 21st century than it was in the biblical times and even in the uh, Middle East um, today. We are not nomadic people. We don't pitch a tent, stay a month, pull it up, pitch it again. We're not nomadic. But the fact is, we're still strangers in the earth. And that's the mindset every Christian has to have. And so my message today is on this, and my goal for you as a Christian is for you to leave today having this identity more about yourself as a believer. I am an exile, a stranger, a sojourner. I am a pilgrim on a pilgrimage journey. And isn't that interesting that the pilgrims who sail from the old world here and landed on the Atlantic coast so many hundreds of years ago, they were called pilgrims. Because they left their homeland on a journey to a place that they wanted freedom of worship. Now this topic is much bigger and much more important than we all realize. We're used to security. We're used to living in the house we're in years. We're used, we don't like change. So we're used to the security. We're used to the rut of how we like to live. 
But if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ today, this is your identity, whether you feel it or not, whether you believe it or not. It's who you are as a person. So our text, Hebrews 11 and 1 Peter 2, one theme is the message of both those passages this morning. How the Bible describes Christian believers. Four descriptive words, sojourners, aliens, pilgrims, and strangers. Now, when you think about those words, what picture comes to mind? Exile means a non-resident who's living away from their homeland. So that the word alien means that, from another place. Sojourners and pilgrims carry the idea of passing through a foreign land, heading home. And see, we're both. The Christian is not ultimately a resident of earth. His citizenship is where? In heaven. So your primary residence is there if you're a Christian, not down here. And by very token of the fact that you came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, whether a year ago or 70 years ago, you're on a journey now. And you're passing through this world as a non-resident. Now, none of that sounds very complimentary. I mean, you probably wouldn't want to put that on your resume for your dream job. Oh, this is really what describes me. But that's how Christians are described in the Bible. Some very clear definitions in Scripture about what a Christian actually is. One of those descriptive terms is that we're children of God. If you're a Christian, you're a child of God. You're a daughter of God. You're a son of God. That's a descriptive term. The Bible also says Christians are disciples. That is... If you're a believer, you're a a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, 24-7. The Bible also says we're saints because we have the Holy Spirit. We're holy and we're saints. And here this morning, the defining terms, a Christian is a sojourner and a pilgrim and an alien and a stranger. Now, all these give a sense of something that's transitory. It's changing, it's not lasting, it's temporary, it's traveling. It's the idea of, I'm not really from around here, ultimately. Because this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. We don't sing that very often, but we ought to believe it every day. Now the Old Testament saints, this was their mentality, because they were nomadic, But not always. They built cities, remember, and the whole Old Testament story. But Abraham saw himself as an alien and a stranger in the earth. Abraham was called of God to go out to a place. He didn't know where he was going. And there was no GPS. He didn't know how he was going to find it. There were no road signs. He had never been there before. God was going to be his GPS. God was going to show him where the land was. All right? So Abraham sojourned, passing through the land of promise. He was a pilgrim. Noah moved with godly fear, 
obeyed and prepared, prepared an ark because he was new. He knew that he was going on a sea cruise soon. It wasn't going to be for fun. It was going to be for, for to save his household from coming judgment. Moses lived that way. In verses 13 through 16, it says, These all died in faith. Isaac, Jacob, David, and Rahab, and all those past believers, they had this confession. And Hebrews 11 says this about them. They confessed that they were pilgrims and strangers. It means they declared it. Their confession was, since they had come to know the living God, and they were believers in Jehovah, though they didn't know near what we know, their confession was that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Their declaration about themselves was, this is now who we are as a people. This is now who I am as a believer. Their mindset and their belief was, I am now something that goes far beyond this earthly life. I'm not just someone who's living in a body and when my body is buried in the wilderness under the sand, I don't exist anymore. No, they knew they were eternal souls. They knew that they were on a heavenly journey and not just an earthly one. They saw themselves, these Old Testament and New Testament believers, not just as laborers who lived in Corinth or Rome or Philippi and they worked at the corner market or they built furniture. They didn't view themselves as businessmen or just wives and mothers and homemakers. No, they viewed themselves primarily as believers. That was their identity. And everything else was secondary under that. They viewed themselves that they were on this journey living for eternity and were going to leave this world soon. And they declared it plainly. I wonder if we do. First of all, is this the mindset we have about ourselves? If I'm a Christian, do I see myself first and foremost, not in my vocation, not in my social status, not in my position in the community, do I see myself as a believer who's a pilgrim and a stranger in the earth? Is that my identity? <clears throat> it was their identity. So, you know, in the, in the New Testament period, if you confess Jesus as Lord by public water baptism, you know what that often meant? It meant jail. It meant martyrdom, often. But they confessed publicly, Jesus Christ is Lord. They confessed, I'm His forever. They confessed, I will follow Christ regardless of the cost. They confessed, we will lay our lives down for His name. They confessed, Christ is the greatest treasure, more than family, more than husband and wife and children and possessions, more than anything there is. Christ is the greatest treasure. They confessed that they would rather have Christ than gain the whole world and lose their own soul. Brethren, the day is coming when some of us may face this type of thing. Is, is Christianity getting more hated in our country? 
No question. Is taking a public stand as a Christian, will that bring you more criticism than ever? You better believe it. So one day, for all of us who are professing Christians in here, the day may come where you'll have a choice to deny the faith or go to jail, or worse. These saints declared, because of their identity and their relationship with Christ, that they were only pilgrim sojourners because this world was not their final home. Abraham said when he was burying Sarah in Canaan, I'm a foreigner and a stranger among you. Jacob declared it. He said, the days of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Anybody here 130? Well, you know, he was, that was young for those days. Methuselah lived 969. I think Noah lived 950. So... Jacob, the young lad, 130 years, but he called it his pilgrimage. His pilgrimage. David confessed it in Psalm 119 we read from we, uh, this morning. He said, I am a sojourner in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. A sojourner mentality. And every Christian must have this mentality. We are sojourners and pilgrims on a journey passing through. Now this is what is true of every Christian. We're citizens of another kingdom, a heavenly kingdom. Aliens, we're aliens down here on a temporary journey. So that was their confession. They confessed that they were pilgrims and strangers. Is that your heart's confession? Every true Christian has this radar system that's set on heaven, within. Your heart has gone to heaven with Christ before you'll go there physically. So not only their confession, secondly what's here, we also see their, their heart's desire, their heart's desire. Hebrews eleven fourteen. For they who say such things declare plainly that they are seeking another home. They're seeking another home. They live here. As a Christian, live in Olney. I live in Denton. But we're seeking another home that's coming. The pilgrim follower of Jesus Christ has spiritual desires and not just earthly desires. Increasingly, let me just ask you some questions. Increasingly, <clears throat> doesn't what this world have less and less attraction to you? Increasingly, doesn't what this world, what it's offering, what it's selling, what it's pleasures, it's priorities, it's superficiality, it's hypocrisy, doesn't it have less and less hold on you? As a believer, it should be losing its grip on us. Now, when the prodigal son got its belly full of this world, he went home. And you know what? Christians who 
live in this vile world, this wicked world, this dark world, this increasingly sinful world, Christians journeying through it, they like it less and less. Their hearts aren't, to, aren't attracted anymore to the wickedness of it. John the Apostle said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. That is, the things that are worldly. Love not the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And the world is passing away, John says, and all of its lust. But he who does the will of God will live forever. The pilgrim follower of Jesus desires that which is so much greater and higher and more wonderful. The things of God's kingdom. The joy and peace and happiness of the Holy Spirit. The, the things of Jesus Christ. Being with the people of God, worshiping together, the Word of God, the Father's house. Someone said the Christian's heart is in heaven before you ever are nearing heaven. And the fact is, you don't really belong in Alnear or Young County. We don't belong in Denton or Denton County. We don't belong in Texas or in the U.S. We're just passing through. We're going somewhere that's real, that's greater, that's more glorious. We belong to the kingdom of God. Our citizenship is in heaven. Down here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. And somebody might think, you know, I was, I was born here and I'll always be here. No, you won't. You, the real you, will leave here soon for eternity. And you don't know when. And you ought to praise God you don't know when. Just over a week ago, Linda and I were in, we were in North Carolina at the beach uh, with three of our grandsons. So we get, there, we get there Sunday afternoon and Tuesday comes and we'd already been to the beach, but she takes the two, two eight-year-old grandsons back to the beach for a late afternoon. I stayed in. I, I was done with the heat for the day. And I was making dinner. And so, um, you know, the tide comes in stronger in the afternoons, late afternoons. So she's there. They're not out very far. And the tide catches them and pulls them under. And she can't get to them. And if two 40-year-old men hadn't been near enough to hear her and get there and get out and rescue them, they would be in eternity right now. And so what we've got to realize, young people, you've got to realize it. You're not promised a long life. You're not promised to make it to 21 or 15. None of us have that promise. Life is fragile. Life is uncertain. Life is temporary. And we're all marching through this world. And if you're a, a real Christian, you've got to nail this down. I am an alien and a stranger. I have heavenly heart desires that are not of this world because Christ is in me and the Holy Spirit is in me. And I must set my affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Our affections, the things we love, 
the things that are most precious to us, our affections as believers. We have some affections down here, don't we? But they cannot rival our affections being set on things above. If they do, the Bible calls that idolatry. This world is passing away, and it's not your home. Now, are these realities real to us? As a teenager, as a young mom, as a retired person, are these realities real to you? Someone said when, when someone really becomes a Christian, they immediately view life and time and this world in a very different way than before. Can you say this morning before the Lord in your own heart, these things are true for me. Where you can declare and confess with an honest heart to your world, I am a follower of Jesus. I'm not ashamed to speak His name. This world is not my real home. I'm His forevermore. Don't you feel it? Don't you feel the distaste and the dislike of this world? Aren't you uncomfortable trying to fit into it sometimes? If you're a Christian, you don't fit. Just quit trying. Bear the shame of the name. Where do you most belong? This world or with Christ? We can't have both. The Bible says, whoever is a friend of this world is an enemy of God. Love not the world. Are we more worldly minded than heavenly minded? Is Christ more real to you and I than this passing dark world? Is it, is it ever real to us that death is coming soon and everything here is over forever? Are the things you're living for worth Christ dying for? In conclusion, just think about these things. Beloved, if we are Christ, if we're His, we are not of this world. We are aliens. The language, the values, the customs, and the expectations of this world feel foreign to the Christian because something transformationally radical has happened to us inside. Paul put it this way, you have died and your life is hid with Christ in God. Jesus calls us to live like aliens, to fix our minds on radically different priorities than what the world has. That is the Christian life. It's the only Christian life. So to summarize, here's the message. We are strangers, aliens, foreigners, and pilgrims in this world. How can you live more that way? Heaven is not our real home. We must not love the world with its affections and its lusts. In contrast to heaven, the world and everything in it is going to pass away. Do not allow yourself to be conformed to the world's ways. 
A contrast allowed God's Word and His Spirit to transform and renew your heart and your mind. Don't get friendly with the ways of the world or you'll be God's enemy. Remember Jesus said, you are in the world, but not to be of the world. So live, beloved, live accordingly, because you are, if you're a Christian, you're a stranger and an alien. This isn't home. Your residency is there. You're a pilgrim and a sojourner. You're passing through, and you're not staying here. So let us live accordingly as a true believer in this world for the glory of Christ.